right now we can somewhat say that the Vegas Golden Knights have turned a corner into possibly what could be a very strong finish to this season, but these next two games are going to be very important in determining that to be fact or fiction. Only way to find out is to play these next two games, but the Golden Knights are off to a very strong start past the All-Star break. Welcome back, everybody, to Locked On Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Monday, February 3rd. Hope you all enjoyed the Super Bowl. I sure as hell did. That was one fun-ass game, and I'm still hoping that one day before we are all dead to have the Monday after the Super Bowl be a national holiday. That That is my one firm hope. And especially a national holiday after every single sporting championship deciding game. I think that'd be perfect. Can you imagine just taking the day off? Oh, the Super Bowl's over. Oh, we're going to take a day off. Now, the best part would be when the NBA Finals are over and then when the Stanley Cup is over because then you would have one like early June and then the other one would be like a week later. I'm all for that. And then world series, you just take the day off like right after Halloween. I think that works out for everybody. Let's do it. Call your local congressman and have them uh, enact that law. Probably not going to happen for another 20 years. If, if anything, Um, but welcome back everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, and I do appreciate you joining me on this here podcast. Now I know what you're thinking. I just said it's Monday, February 3rd, and this is going up very much later than I anticipated. So that is my bad, but this is kind of like your, think of it this way. This is your Monday episode heading into Tuesday, previewing today's game against Tampa Bay lightning. Sound good to everybody. All right, cool. Sounds good with me. Uh, but before we talk about today's game against the Tampa Bay lightning, we will need to revisit Saturday's 3-0 victory for the Vegas Golden Knights over the Nashville Predators. We will do that in just a moment. But first, before we do, usual housekeeping items out of the way. If you so will be if you will be so kind, if I could say a complete sentence, that would be even better. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Webster 21. And if this is the first time you have come across this podcast, I do welcome you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Along with following us on Twitter, if you do like to send emails, if that is a way of communication of which you deem to be a very uh, I don't have the word, but if you like sending emails, <laughs> I don't have words today, y'all. It is it is late on a Monday night, and I don't have words. You know what? That's that's fine. It's the way it is. I probably had too many chicken wings last night. But uh, if you do like sending emails, you can do that to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. Dot com. All right. So let's uh, let's enough with the shenanigans. Well, there's always going to be shenanigans, at least shenanigans that I will find funny that y'all might not. That is, that is the way it is. Um, but back to hockey. The Vegas Golden Knights have won three of five since hiring Pete DeBoer. And I know that it's still early, and I'm still, I still think I need about another five games before I can finally just give my full assessment of where this team is at. Uh, five more games would be pretty close to the deadline, I think, right on the cusp of it. 
And I think that's where I'm going to need, I'm going to need those five more games to kind of get a sense of where this team is at, especially when they play at home, especially when they're at home ice, are they going to play this well back at home? That's the key. But the Golden Knights just completed a back-to-back that I thought was going to be a very difficult back-to-back. They were going against a Carolina team that is a very good team in the Eastern Conference. Don't forget, even though this team is kind of on the cusp in the wildcard race, they were they were in the Eastern Conference Final last year by hook or by crook. They were in the Eastern Conference Final last year. Then the Nashville Predators, the very next night, a team that's really been up and down since firing Peter Laviolette and hiring John Hines. John Hines, known as a coach that gets the most out of its offense, really hasn't gotten a lot out of Nashville since he's become the coach. They've given up a lot of goals. They haven't scored a lot, and it's really been a wave of inconsistency. So you, But they are not... But I should also add, the Predators coming into that game were not that far out of the playoff race. I believe they were only five points back of the second wild card. So plenty of time to kind of string some wins together and gain some momentum. So you're facing a team, Vegas facing Nashville, that is facing a team that's fighting for its playoff lives against a team that's a very good Eastern Conference contender. The Golden Knights had a very strong 40 minutes against Carolina, almost gave it away in the third period before pulling it out in regulation. And then they come back the next night in Nashville. In what might have been, given the circumstances of who's coaching Nashville now, given the uh, circumstances to uh, how good their defensemen are always are, how good the forwards have been as of late, this might have been the Golden Knights' best all-around defensive game in a long time. And that has always been the specialty of Pete DeBoer getting the most out of his defense and building a very quick game up and down the ice. So far, that is exactly what's happening. The Golden Knights held the Predators to 19 total shots. I don't think any of them were difficult for Marc-Andre Fleury to stop. Uh, in doing so, Fleury won his 459th game and recorded his 59th shutout of his NHL career. But really, this game was dominated from start to finish by Vegas. You look at the shot charts from the opening from the opening draw. Vegas had 14 shots in the first period and held Nashville to two. Then they had 15 in the second period and held Nashville to six. And then Vegas also got on the board in the second period on the goal by Chandler Stevenson at about five minutes into the second frame. So 29 to eight through two periods. And and I know a lot of people, you you know, I talk about shots on goal all the time, but the way that Vegas was getting these shots, they were high danger chances. They were trying to make life tough on Pekka Rene. Rene made some very good saves. For the most part of that game, he was standing on his head and he made some great plays. It just took one defensive lapse on behalf of Nashville for Mark Stone along the bench to find Chandler Stevenson cutting in on breakaway and beating Rene. That's just one shot that Rene could not stop because he's on a breakaway. And if you, really, it's hard to stop breakaways. I mean, I don't play goalie, but nine times out of 10, it's probably very difficult to, uh, to stop a breakaway. But that's the kind of traffic Pekka Rene was seeing all night long. It, it, was the, it wasn't like 
Vegas was taking a shot from the point and it was easily corralled by Renee's glove. It was really, they were getting in the crease. They were making the dirty plays uh, in front and they were just making life tough on the Nashville defense and on Pekka Renee. And if you can do that, you got a good chance of beating the Predators. And the Predators would come back, obviously, because they were down one nothing at the time. And they put 11 shots on Vegas. Fleury stopped them all. And then the straw that broke the camel's back was Nicholas Waugh with that amazing goal in the third period to put Vegas up 2 nothing, And then Riley Smith with the empty netter for the 3 nothing final. And you know what? I, I I would say at this point of the season, you take wins any way you can get them, but that is impressive. I, I thought that that win was absolutely impressive given the situation, given that they're on a back-to-back, given Vegas is still not at full strength, given the fact that their goaltender, their Hall of Fame goaltender, had been struggling like hell before the All-Star break. He goes off for 10, 11, 12, however, however many days it was, comes back. And I know, again, 19 shots may not be a lot, but for for Marc-Andre Fleury to find the confidence that he has been lacking for the better part of three weeks, that's one way to get him going again, is a 19-save shutout. And to me, I know Nashville has kind of had that up and down thing, but you knew they were going to play hard given how they are fighting for their playoff lives right now. And that loss, I think, is going to put a huge dent in their plans going forward. So Nashville... Kind of in a little bit of trouble. But Vegas, huge, huge victory for the Golden Knights. Huge victories, I should say. That that is what I think that is what I think is the most impressive about this whole back to back is the fact that they they played well really out of a total of 120 minutes. They have played well for about 110 of those. In in all in all uh, seriousness, they have played well in 110 of 120 minutes of that back to back. You know, you take away the little laps in the third period where Carolina was able to come back and tie the game. Other than that, these two games out of the break, those are the big wins that Vegas needed. And right now, they are sitting pretty at third place in the Pacific Division. Now, again, one more loss could completely change all that, and that could be coming uh, tonight or tomorrow night, in, in a sense, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the schedule is not going to get any easier. But if you go on the road and you beat those teams in those barns, two very difficult places to play, and you come out with two wins in your pocket, you've got to feel really good if you're Vegas. Now, and again, I know I'm going to need about five more games to kind of analyze this team and where I think this team is, team is at, I should say, under DeBoer. But you have to like what you see right now. It's two games, but it was two very important games. These next two are going to be even more important. They're going to be on the road against two Eastern Conference powerhouses. And one of those teams in the Tampa Bay Lightning playing pretty damn good hockey right now, as, as I should say. Let's look at that game, actually, right now. Let's go ahead and look ahead to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are coming into this game at 32-15-5. and five. Uh, I believe they were on the West Coast. Uh, they just took care of the Sharks, I believe. And then they played the Anaheim Ducks not too long ago. And they have been, I mean, it, it goes without saying, the Lightning have been absolutely ridiculous to this point. They have been able to, in, in all <laughs> in all pun-related ways, the Lightning have been able to weather the storm 
of the slow start that they had at the beginning of the year. I mean, you look back to how that season started and it wasn't, it wasn't to the point where you looked at the lightning and you said, well, this team isn't going to make the playoffs. They're absolutely completely out of this. I mean, they started the year, you go, you go to your first 26 and they were 13, 10 and three. It wasn't like they were, they were playing like a top team. To me, it was a team that was still feeling the effects of being one of the best teams in league history last year and then getting thrashed by the eight seeded Columbus Blue Jackets in a four game sweep. I mean, not only did Columbus beat them, they beat them down. And when you get beat down like that in a playoff series, when you have all those expectations on you, it's really hard to come back and feel like you are the top dogs in your conference and really in the league. But you look at where they've been since that 13, 10 and three start on December 5th, and they have been on a absolute freaking tear. They have won 19. I'm going to do the math here real quick. 19 of their last 26. That is ridiculous. And and I know it doesn't, it shouldn't be as surprising because we know how good the lightning are. We know that the power that they have, the firepower that they possess, especially in the offensive zone, we know how good this team is. And they've been good for a very long time, but it's a completely different animal when you're facing a team that looked dead to rights back in December. I think back in early December, they were six in the Atlantic division. And I know the standings really weren't that staggering. I mean, they were only a few points out of third, but to see the lightning 30 games in or however many it was to see them 30 games in and to see them six in the Atlantic, that, that just, it did not compute, but here come the lightning 69 points. Nice. And only five points back of the Boston Bruins for first in the Atlantic, the Bruins, again, another team that really hasn't played well since their hot start to the season. Their top line has been great as expected, but they've been kind of up and down with their wins as of late, which has allowed Tampa to creep back up. And all of a sudden now five points back with a game in hand. So this is going to be a very, very telling game for the Golden Knights. Now, if Tampa wins business as usual, okay, they're hot right now. They're expected to win. They're at home. They should win. The Golden Knights somehow are, have not lost at Tampa in two years. They have won both meetings. And both of those meetings were when, when the Lightning were the top team really in the league. I mean, you look at last year when they came to Tampa, I think it was in February. It was past the All-Star break. And Vegas had to come back and win. I think Zekov scored his first goal with the Golden Knights in that game. He, uh, the Golden Knights were able to match up with the Lightning. Really, the Lightning have only beaten them one time in four meetings. So it's not like the Lightning have this huge distinct advantage. But if the Lightning win, it's business as usual. They're expected to win. They're on fire. They're coming out of the all-star break. And then they'd be, to my knowledge, they'd only be three points back of Boston. I think Boston plays tomorrow as well. I haven't checked the schedule. But 
Tampa Bay would be right there. If the Golden Knights win, though, that's a completely different story because the Golden Knights are playing the role of the team that has been kind of scratching and clawing for the last month to try and stay afloat in this race for the Pacific Division, which is now getting more and more interesting by the day because the Vancouver Canucks do will not stop getting points. They finally lost on Sunday to Carolina, but they will not stop getting points. So they're, they're still sitting pretty in first place in the Pacific. The Edmonton Oilers are a little bit of a roll because they have beaten or they've literally beaten down the Calgary Flames. They've kind of traded wins and losses in the Battle of Alberta lately. Then you have Vegas at 61 points. So if Edmonton, which I believe Edmonton is playing tomorrow, I, I, I could probably look it up. But if the Golden Knights win, then they jump up to second place. So yeah, they'll be the Oilers would still have a couple of games in hand. But all of a sudden now you're talking three straight wins for the Golden Knights. And all of a sudden things are looking very pretty right now. By the way, the Vancouver Canucks play the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. So (laughs) the top two teams in the Atlantic are facing two of the top three teams in the Pacific. So that could definitely have a lot of point implications, especially if Boston wins and Vegas wins. Vegas is only two points back of Vancouver, and I believe the Oilers have a late game. They do. Oh, Oilers and Coyotes tomorrow night, tonight, whatever. Um, so that's also big for Pacific Division implications. This is a very big game. If the Golden Knights obviously have been very struggling, I guess you, they've struggled heavily. I should say against you know, high-powered teams. Their defense is still a question mark. Uh, last game, they rolled uh, Zach Whitecloud with John Merrill. Derek England was a healthy scratch. And I did forget to mention this when uh, we were talking about the Nashville game. Zach Whitecloud played very well. He had a very quiet game, but sometimes playing a quiet game, when you're a guy trying to make an everyday NHL roster... That is some good stuff to see. And they needed a right-handed defenseman, and he fit the bill well playing with John Merrill. Uh, White Cloud was recalled uh, on Monday to rejoin Vegas in Tampa Bay. So maybe we do expect White Cloud to be back in. Uh, But the defense as a whole is going to have to play one of its best games of the season. Uh, Nashville is a team that we know how good they are on the blue line but they've been very underwhelming in their forward core this year. This is a completely different animal. You got to try and stop the, the, the Hydra that you will of Stamkos, Kucherov and uh Braden point. You need to stop those guys. You need to find a way to stop those guys. And you got to find a way to slow down their defense. You need to find a way to slow down Victor Hedman. You need to find a way to slow down, you know, the likes of a Mikhail Sergachev. You have to find a way to slow down Kevin Shattenkirk, who has been a very good addition for the Lightning to this point. And you've you've got to somehow beat a red hot, and I mean blazing, Andre Vasilevsky. I think he's gotten points in 13 straight starts, and he has not lost in regulation in like two months, maybe longer than that. Vasilevsky is really making a case for a second straight Vesna. 
So you put all of that together, red hot team, red hot forward core, red hot goaltender, and you're going into their barn, a, a place where you've had success, but it's a completely different animal knowing that where you've been for the last few weeks compared to now. Right now, two games out of the break, you can't really find much to complain about the Golden Knights. But if you get a win over Tampa at this point of the season, when they are 28 games to go to try and climb back to the top of the Pacific, you have 28 games to go, trade deadline is looming, players are likely fighting for roster spots going forward, If you can go in and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, given where they are and how well they played lately, there is your statement win. And the Golden Knights really haven't had a lot of statement victories to this point. You may have to look back to the Nashville game back in November when they wanted when they tied it at the buzzer and they won it in overtime. That was the one that was the game where they went off, I think it was what was it, 16, 4, or 13, something and something in in the next 20, whatever it was. It feels like it's so long ago. But that was really their first win where it was like, oh, that is the statement. Then the Blues game happened, and that was like, okay, there it is. There's the game. And then the losing streak happened, and then Gallant got fired, and now you're in the second half of the season, and you really need to find a way to get that big statement victory. To, to let everybody know that firing Gerard Gallant was the best idea you could have done. And if you get that win, you're going to get a lot of people excited. And you're going to get a lot of fans wanting to come back to that arena and have a chance to cheer for this team that I think will have a new lease on life if they finish this road trip strong. They finish this road trip strong and come back and play, I think they're playing eight games at home in the month of February, if they can do that, that, that might turn the tide in the Pacific. And then of course you got to go and beat Florida on Thursday. And that Florida is no joke either. Um, I, was it Bark? I think it's Barkov who is day to day. I can't remember who it was. I think Sasha Barkov is day to day for the Panthers. So it's not even a guarantee that Barkov would play on Thursday. Um, yeah, okay, so Barkov did not play against Toronto. Is there any, as I hit the microphone, man, I've been hitting the microphone a lot lately. Is there a possibility that Barkov misses the uh, the game against Vegas? If that happens, there's there's a huge advantage right there if you're the, if you're the Golden Knights. So there's a lot writing on these next couple of games for Vegas. And if you can win at least one of them, you're looking pretty damn good going into this final, what would it be? 26 games, 25 games of the regular season, which is what you need. You need to find some sort of, some source of momentum at this crucial time. They found it in December now they got to find it again, especially with a new coaching staff. So big game Tuesday night in Tampa. I think it's a four o'clock puck drop. So be wary of that. It's going to be an early game. And it's a, I don't want to call it a must win because everything is so close. It's such a close race. But really, if you're the Golden Knights, you put yourself in this position where you need 
to have a must-win kind of a game of this magnitude against this kind of a team. Because it doesn't get any easier. You're going to see this team in about a couple weeks when they when they come to T-Mobile. So you kind of need to win this game. You need to have confidence going back into your own barn. So if I'm the Golden Knights, all hands on deck, try and get these two wins, close this road trip out strong. And if you do that, you will have secured points in in all but two games. And really, you should have had a point in seven of these games of the eight-game road trip that you've been on. So you're able to do that. I think the city might be a little bit drunk by the time they get back up, to be honest with you. I'll I'll just leave it at that. Uh, we'll take a quick look around the league in just a minute. But you, you, you listen to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, first of all, I do appreciate you. But if you have been a listener for a long time, even if you're not a first-time listener, uh, then I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Golden Knights is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Golden Knights fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And I'm not just talking about any podcast listener. I'm talking about a Locked On podcast listener. That would be you. Uh, If your company wants to connect with Golden Knights fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Lockdown Podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. And I thank you for that. All right, let us look around the league today, shall we? There were only three games on the docket. So this is not going to be a very long uh, look around the league. There were only three games on Super Bowl Sunday, too. There were three games on Super Bowl Sunday, and all of them were actually really good. Like, if you did not care about the Super Bowl on Sunday, you had three really good games to hang your hat on. Pittsburgh beat Washington. In Washington, Columbus beat Montreal in Montreal, and the Hurricanes beat the Canucks in Carolina. Well, that doesn't have as much, you know, oomph as the other two, but the Hurricanes did beat the Canucks, and if you are a standings watcher, the Canucks only got one point, so the Golden Knights are not out of this whole thing yet. But again, two two good games out of three. The third one was kind of, but the Florida Panthers, the aforementioned Florida Panthers, 5-3 to victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Maple Leafs, my God, someone needs to go pull uh, Leafs fans off the edge of the cliff, man. It it is becoming, oh, it's becoming so bad. The Maple Leafs are only a point out of the wildcard race, so it's not like... It's not like it's it's in bad shape. They're two points out of Philly for the top spot, but the Islanders have three games in hand on the Maple Leafs, and the Maple Leafs just lost Freddie Anderson for what I'm going to guess is a large amount of time. Uh, he gave up one goal in eight shots and suffered an injury, and then Michael Hutchinson came in and allowed three goals on 13 shots. 
And the Panthers just took it to them. A three-point night for Mike Matheson, who had three assists. Uh, Mark Sizik had three goals. Uh, by the way, Mark Sizik is a defenseman. Uh, I never knew how to pronounce his name fully. I always said it was Sizik. Uh, it could be Pizik. I don't know. But he had a hat trick. He, uh, defenseman had three goals. So there you go. Uh, Mike Hoffman had a goal and an assist. And Bob made 31 saves. The Panthers are good, y'all. If that goaltending situation can be a little bit more fluid, because Bob may not be what Bob used to be, but if he is, the Panthers are still good. I'm just saying. And the Dallas Stars, in a very weird game, let, let, let's just put it this way. Uh, the Dallas Stars won 5-3 to three in Madison Square Garden. Four goals total. In the first period, Dallas scored two more in the second, and then both teams with a goal in the third. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, good Lord, uh, four goals on 15 shots before being pulled for Alex Yordiev, and then uh, Anton Kudobin with 33 saves on the night. Uh, Sagan with two assists. Steven Johns, good to see Steven Johns back a goal and an assist, and then Joe Pavelski with two goals, nearly had the hat trick. Uh, and the Rangers, uh, the Rangers are, they're there. I mean, they're, yeah, they're not there. They're 10 points back of the Islanders. For, uh, they're just there at this point. That That's a huge disappointment to see the moves that the Rangers made in the offseason and to see them now as far back as they are, I, they're pretty much done. I mean, unless they make a huge charge in March, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. But the Dallas Stars, y'all. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche have two games in hand. Let's keep that in mind. But the Dallas Stars are now second place in the Central. I, I keep telling you, I keep telling people this. There's one building that is more underrated than anywhere else that you do not want to be in for a playoff series. It is the American Airlines Center. I may have never been there, but you turn your TV up loud enough when you're a kid watching Stars playoff games. You know that building can get pretty damn loud. I would advise everybody to make sure that the Stars do not get home ice advantage under any circumstance going into uh, the playoffs. I'm just saying for your team's sanity. And finally, the Philadelphia Flyers beat the Detroit Red Wings 3 to nothing. What more can you say other than God help Detroit? I I mean, what can you do? I mean, the, the Red Wings... 28 points through 54 games. They're almost getting doubled up in games played versus points. If you think about it, if they lose their next two games, they will have doubled up uh, in games to what their point total is at this point, which is very, very sad. Uh, The Flyers, again, holding the top wild card right now. Yeah, the Flyers are hanging around. They're probably not going to be... They can be a dangerous team if everybody gets healthy, but... um, they're there. They're they're gonna be fighting for a playoff spot, and I don't know if it's gonna result in another first round exit, but more than likely it's gonna be Washington or it's gonna be Boston and Philly, which thank God I think we can all deal without Toronto and Boston for a playoff series. Uh so I, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm very cool with that. So let's keep it that way. All right, everybody, that will do it for today. Again, I know a bit of a late episode, but think of this as your Tuesday morning episode. We'll be back after the game tomorrow night to discuss how the Golden Knights did against the Lightning. I presume that Marc-Andre Fleury is getting another start. I would be shocked if he didn't, but 
if he does, uh, Flurry will look to win number 460, which would put him sole possession of fifth place uh, for the moment over Henrik Lundqvist. So we will be back tomorrow night after the game. So be on the lookout for that. I'll also kind of lead you into Wednesday morning where we'll discuss the upcoming game against the Panthers, and then we'll be back ready soon for the first home game in a while on Saturday against Carolina Hurricanes. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing, subscribing, all of that jazz. And I will see you manana. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and I hope you have a good day and congratulations to fans of the Kansas City Chiefs. Have a good one.